with the words, Once upon a time, the little girl in me rises up eager to hear the very next tale. This is What Good, brought to you by Talking Tales, hosted by storyteller Keisha Christie. Welcome back to another episode of What Good. This week, we are talking about all things once upon a time-ish. So, what makes a great story? I mean, I talk about how culture is so important and stories are inaugural part of that and how over the generations stories have been passed down orally and we continue to do that today we tell about you know so and so's what's it not sits to whomever and we share about our auntie so so who used to do what what when when so stories are just who we are and it's how we're made up but what what makes a good story I mean, technically, there's different pieces to a story to make it great. But there are certain things when you hear certain things or revisit certain characters that trigger those memories that bring back the niceness, as I like to say. So when I was growing up, uh, we used to read a lot. of. I used to read a lot and um, watching a lot of TV. And so there are certain things that when you listen to um they bring back memories for example uh the theme song for ring-a-ding-ding it comes on and you know or when you hear anansi as soon as you hear it you recognize you automatically connect with the character and you're just like yes i want to hear this story but around the world they say these things come to us differently. For example, in West Africa, when they're telling stories, you would hear a story, a story, let it come, let it go. And then you know it's story time. Or let's say um, in Hawaii, they say uh, aloha, let's talk story. Australia, they would say uh, story from them to me. Or of course, the crick crack. So when you hear crick, the audience says crack. And there's so many call and repeat um, sessions or, or different ways of doing it. So in uh, the Bahamas, they would say bunde. The storyteller would say bunde and the audience would reply bunde. And depending how loud you were, the audience was, the storyteller would tell one or two stories or well pack up and go home so the crick crack was the same way so you say crick and the audience says crack and depending on how loud you'd be like well all right let's do two more stories or well i didn't realize it was so bad but i'm out <laughs> kind of thing and it brings excitement to the audience so when they when you hear that those memories come back that excitement that that kid in you rises up and wants to hear more wants to learn more about the story that's about to be told because it brings you back to that happy place, that carefree time when um, it was all about the enjoyment. And of course, in Europe, um, it's all about the once upon a time. And we can take that any way we want to. But when you hear those things, when you hear that once upon a time, you know it's going to be a story and, and likely a story that you've heard before. So that excitement rise, continues to rise up. Stories are great in that they reignite the passion they reignite that childlike wonderment um in adults and in kids it just 
um, brings up the excitement that they already have because they're new to the experience of storytelling. They're new to the um, orientation of the tales that are being told. But when we're together in a space and we're just sharing, it's a beautiful thing. And the more that we do this, whether we get together physically or we get together online or listening through podcasts and other storytelling vehicles, they're so important to share because we grow, we learn, we reminisce, and, and it's, it builds us as a family. It builds us of uh, it builds us as a community and our values because we're we're connected with the commonality of the character. We're connected with the reminiscing of the folk t- tales told um, back home, wherever back home may be. It connects us in that we are humans and we love story. Story is how we learn. Story is how we grow. And the more that we continue to to share, the more that stories are told, is the more we become receptive, the more that we stay connected to that childlike wonder. It's the more we stay connected to that eagerness, that happiness, that um, carefree portion of ourselves that want to get carried away in the tale or want to um, be the hero of a story. We're able to travel when 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 stories are told. We're able to travel with the characters. We're able to be in those situations. We're able to see their reaction and 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 remember them later. There are times when I'm sitting around and I laugh to myself because I remember a story that I've told and how a situation reminds me of that particular tale. And that's how that's how stories flourish and grow. And that's how they get retold, not just by storytellers, but by everybody. We love. To to hear stories. We love to tell stories. And the more that it's done, the greater it is. This week, we've got two wonderful stories to share with you. And I'm really glad that you are with us this week as we dive a little deeper into the once upon a time-ishness of things. <laughs> and I say the once upon a time because it's the oldest um, intro that we can recognize right off the bat. I know that when I was in school, everything was once upon a time, uh, whether it be Cinderella story, whether it be Rapunzel whether it, or, or um, Princess and the Pea, it was always once upon a time. And as I got older and I started to dive into more and more of the background in stories and things like that, that's when I learned about the way that other stories are introduced and I definitely love how it's done um, throughout the Caribbean with the various islands and how they do it. Um, for example, I like I've said before, in the Bahamas, Bunde, Bunde is how they call the attention to the audience, but they also say uh, something like, once upon a time was a very old time, the monkey, monkey chew tobacco and him spit white lime. It wasn't my time or your time. It was all story time. And then the story begins. And then um, in West Africa, they have a story, a story, let it come, let it go. So when you hear these things, you can like, ooh, something good's going to happen. No. And I really like being able to share those with you. And we'll continue to do that throughout this podcast. So let's get started with our first story. This story is called The Thirsty Crow. Once upon a time, 
there was a very large, beautiful black crow who flew high into the sky and would soar up, up, up and away and travel far distances. On this particular day, it was very, very hot. And the more she flew, the more she became thirsty. And she flew and flew and flew until she couldn't fly anymore. She just needed to get a drink. And she came down and landed near a, a, a vase or a canister that would have hold, held um, water in it. And when she put her beak inside, she just couldn't get to the water that was at the bottom. And she at first was frustrated and thought, how do I get this water? There's no more water and I'm just so thirsty. <laughs> so she had an idea and she grabbed a pebble and dropped it into the, into the canister and then took another pebble and kept dropping and dropping and dropping and dropping. And as she dropped, the water rose and rose and rose higher and higher and higher until when she put in her beak, she was able to drink her heart content. And yes, she was fully satisfied that she was able to bring the water to her instead of coming down to the water. <laughs> the end. Well, you know, we couldn't wrap up this episode without giving you a story that begins with Once Upon a Time. This story is called The Princess and the Pea. Once upon a time, there was a prince who was looking for a princess. He looked high and he looked low and he just couldn't find a woman that he thought was a real princess. He traveled all across the continent of Africa and he met many beautiful women who called themselves princesses. He met Yambo, he met Salam, and he met so many other beautiful princesses. But there was just something about them that made him think that they just couldn't be a princess. He didn't know what it was, but he was so discouraged with all of his traveling that he couldn't find a wife, that he headed home. When he got home to the palace, he told his mother of his plight and went to his room in despair. Well, his mother was thinking long and hard as to how she could help her prince find a real princess. Well, that night there was a terrible, terrible storm in the kingdom. The wind blew like the tried to lift the trees out of the ground. It was so bad. And there was a rapping at the gate. And on this particular night, the king happened to be doing his walk, his meditation walk, and he heard the tapping at the door and went to open the gate. It's very unusual for a king to open the gate, but the king was already there. So he opened the gate and let in this woman who was very small, very frail, but she was so worse for wear. She was blown left and right. Her clothes were disheveled. Her hair was a mess. It was hard to tell who she could really be. So he invited her in and closed the gate and brought her into the kingdom. 
Well, when she came in, she explained that she was a real princess. However, the queen wanted to be very sure. So she went and prepared a room for the princess to sleep. When she got into the room, she spread the bed and she put a pea in the middle. And after that, she piled on 10 feather beds. She piled on 10 mattresses. And on top of the mattresses, she piled on 10 feather beds and put a ladder near the bed so that the princess could climb up and sleep into these beds. <laughs> the queen said to herself, we're going to find out this night if she is a real princess. So they invited the princess to the room and said, here is where you would spend the night. And she cleaned herself up, combed her hair, fixed her clothes, and climbed all the way up, up, up past the 10 mattresses and up, up, up past the 10 feather beds and climbed in to sleep. The queen bid her good night and closed the door. That night, the princess lay in the bed and she rustled and couldn't get comfortable, but didn't know why. So she tried her best to sleep, but she laid there until night began the day. And the king rose and walked around the kingdom and the queen came up as well and was waiting for the princess to awaken. And so, when the princess awoke, they invited her for breakfast and asked her how she slept. And she politely said, well, I thank you for your hospitality and I thank you for the many beds. But there was just something about it that I couldn't get comfortable. Upon hearing this, the queen knew that this young girl was definitely a princess because only a princess could have skin so delicate that they would feel a pea underneath the 10 mattresses and the 10 feather beds. So the queen left the table and rushed to see her son, the prince, and explained to him that she had found a princess and that that day they would marry. So the prince was introduced to the princess and it was confirmed that she was a real princess and they married that day and there was such a feast and the music was playing and everybody danced into the night to celebrate the joyful union of the prince and his princess. And you know, whatever happened to the pea? Well, let me tell you, that tiny little pea was put in a museum that you can see this very day because everybody wanted to see the proof. But you know, hmm, the only way it can't be found as if someone else wanted to find themselves a true princess. The end. Thank you for joining us for another episode of What Good. We are so happy that you can join us and stay tuned next week where we'll be uploading a new episode on Tuesday for many more stories to come your way. As we always say, gather your friends, gather your family, reminisce about the old days, learn something new, and most of all, what good.